in, in mid-February kind of fit my schedule a little better than doing it in that, what are we on the second Monday in March? It just, it all, there is something that is always in my way, Josh, every year. I think we can make that happen. We'll get with the tournament selection committee, get the just, bracket early. Yeah. Or, or, late, or June, mid-June would probably help me out a little bit. Um, I, w- I was back, but I was dead. Um, you're, you're talking to a man who has come back from the death. Uh, and not because I was ill or anything, but I don't know. I, I hear, as we welcome you into the Plank Show on a Tuesday, I hear it talked about a lot in live. People say, yeah, I just jumped on the red eye and got back, blah, blah, blah. How? How? How do you people sleep on planes? How does it happen? Now, some might say, well, just travel first class, Shapur. Okay. But. I didn't. I tried, Josh. I tried so hard uh, because I was with the softball team, for those who don't know. And we flew back from uh, – W's are not a big thing in Hawaii is one thing that I've learned. It's, you know, those of us on the in the States call it Hawaii. There it's Hawaii. And it's the Rainbow Wahine Classic, but I was informed it was the – Rainbow Vahine Classic, right? W's aren't a big thing. Um, So we were coming back from Hawaii, and we left Sunday. Gosh, I'm trying to do my math. It felt like we got in a plane Hawaii time, like maybe 10 o'clock. So... With the the spring forward, that's 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, like 3 a.m. And we landed in Houston at like 9, 9, 10, something like that. Time was not necessarily my thing. But it it was a long flight. It was a long flight. It was, you're coming from Hawaii. So I tried, Josh. I, I did the... Sleep on the arm thing, you know, where you put the armrest down and you put the hand down on the arm, and then you know your arm falls asleep and your hand goes down and your your head almost kills the person next to you. I tried the sitting up, lay the head back, it didn't work. I tried the position myself in the seat where you're sideways and you're trying to no, nah, that didn't work. Do you have a secret trick? Because I couldn't figure out any really the window seat and using the the window kind of as a pillow. Is the go-to, right? That's the goat of sleeping on an airplane. I couldn't find anything that worked for me this past weekend. Not a thing. Not a thing! I haven't been on a ton of flights that are that long. So... Well, you and I both. That was my first. So the idea to even have to sleep on the flight is pretty foreign to me. Gotcha. But, yes, lean up against the window. That would be be the the best, right? That would be the best. It you was, didn't have a window seat, though? The only uh, – here's what's funny. Is the only two window seats I had, I slept. I had a window seat from Oklahoma City to Houston on the way there, and I had a window seat from Houston to Oklahoma City on the way back. So I slept on those two flights like a baby. Um, but then, you know, the, the Hawaii trip was not quite was not quite that and it was awesome I mean it was a great trip but just oof. so in other words there, there's my excuse whenever I got in yesterday I was dead at a late night show that I had to do 
So that didn't help things either. But your boy was out whenever he got home yesterday. And then you have that nap where when you wake up from it, you don't really know where you are. It's like, huh? Huh? What? Okay. All right. I'm in the States. You, you, you peek outside and you're hoping you might see a beach and some ocean and some waves and some beautiful scenic mountains. And all you're seeing is your dogs fighting over a stick. But you're like, okay, it's cool. I'm home. But how was, how was Tuesday night for you? How was, actually, Monday night, Buffalo Wild Wings event? Always a big time event for uh, for the ref sports radio. Network. It was great. Good. It was great. Awesome turnout. Thank you, everyone that came out. As always, Tyler, Teddy, a great job, and then T. Row and T. J. bringing the house down late. It was good. I think I've only been able to attend like two of them in our seven years now as being a part of the station. I want to say it was one year Toby couldn't go. Because there was maybe basketball or baseball. And then, like, two years ago, I had a chance to go out. It's just, we're always, and again, I'm not, it's not boo-hoo me, right? Oh, that's too bad. Plank, you didn't get a chance to go to a 64, 68 team giveaway because you were in Hawaii or you were in Los Angeles. But softball's always got pretty good trips timed around making sure that I don't get to be a part of it. <laughs> and again, like I said, I am I feel bad because I want to be out there supporting and and thanking our listeners, but then I know that I'm not going to get too much sympathy coming back from Hawaii. None. No. Nor no, do I want any, to be honest with nobody you. Nobody has uh, sympathy for those returning from Hawaii. Mm. Right, there, there's a lot of is, – is Coach not coming on today, KJ? I was wondering that when okay. I, I arrived. Okay, if, if not, no big deal. We'll we'll catch up with her later in the week. I, they're, they're in a, a crazy time right now for OU Women's Gymnastics. Okay, first first of all, the very first uh, text in the Air Comfort Solutions text line says NyQuil PM. Now, I won't lie to you. There was a conversation between me and an unknown person that was talking about the potential of taking a Tylenol PM. Uh, and I had some melatonin with me too. But I pushed back a little bit. Because I was trying to slow – whenever I was in Hawaii, I didn't want to go to bed. I don't know if many people are like that whenever you make that trip. So I was probably averaging going to bed at like 11.30, midnight, which I know something, oh, that's so early. Yeah, I'm 46 too, okay? It's not like I'm hitting the clubs or anything, but that's relatively late for me. If you think about it in – time in the states that's 4 a.m right and so I was trying to slowly like matriculate my my body clock back to to I figured if I took like a NyQuil PM or a Tylenol PM or I don't know any, any other sleep aids that are out there even melatonin I figured Josh I might not wake up until that plane's on the second leg of its trip <laughs> or or when I woke up I would feel like I just didn't sleep at all because it was so instantaneous with its effect on me. So that's a fair point. Thank you. Um, uh Oh, what's this? Thank you for the great conversation on Hawaii, Chris. Coverage. Oh, coverage. Okay, I thought they were making fun of us talking about it. Um, Is there no TV coverage for this week? I don't see any, but I'm going to worry. I'm going to fight for that. I've got a way that I can do like a one-camera thing. 
I'm going to see if they'll let me do it. I doubt they will, but I didn't see any TV coverage for this weekend. I think Sooner Sports TV is doing it and then taking my audio, but I don't know for sure. Okay, here you're, you're going to have to get that screen out of my face or I'm constantly just going to read. It's like Twitter in front of me. I'll just read all the text messages that are coming in to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Okay, it's your choice then, Josh. Do you want to start with, with, with recap in Hawaii? You want to start with the – the, the the field of 68, and I, I've i got my bracket in front of me. I haven't – you notice one thing about my bracket. It is empty. But I have filled out my online bracket. I'm now double-thinking every single pick that I've made in said online bracket. I did a show with a – let's see, what was this dude's name? An analytics guy last night named Lucas Harkins uh, and John Crispin and went uh, through, around, up and down the bracket with – uh, a page full of notes and insight to share with all y'all today. We can start there. The NFL has basically said, bleep your March Madness. We're taking all, well, unless you're undisputed, who is still talking about the Lakers for some reason. But the NFL has basically said, forget all of your um, NCAA tournament talk. We're the National Football League, by God. We're stealing all the headlines right now. I'm Tom Brady. And you will pay attention to me. Here is your field of 68. Hi, my name is Tom Brady. I'm coming back to play football. I was bullied into basically retiring, which is... And oh, by the way, the funniest part of that is I still have unfinished business. Because you didn't win one year? I mean, how can you have unfinished business? I mean, if, if you retire in your 30s uh, or, or your late 20s and you come back later that year, unfinished business makes sense. You've done everything imaginable for a National Football League player. How in the world can you say you have unfinished business? So we can go down that road. We've got the NIT tonight and the frustration of Oklahoma not making it. We've got the women's basketball hosting. We've got Air Force flying in for a baseball tournament on Air Force 2. Have we got the, wow, let's my tax dollars going forward, flying around the Air Force baseball team. Have we got that yet, by chance, on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line? we got a lot of different topics, Josh. Uh, Josh. So... You want to you want to pick one quick one to start with here? Yeah, I want to talk to you about the record. Ah. First off, fantastic call. It, it was incredible. It, exactly exactly how it should have sounded. Can't imagine it could have gone any better. Thanks, the, dude. The genesis of the call. How, how much did I, I know that you spent a lot of time making sure you could pronounce Jocelyn's full name correctly? Correct. And, and you nailed that portion of it. How much of the rest of it? Just totally off the cuff. Um. Okay. So let's rewind a little bit. I thought about it some heading into the season, and I realized Jossie's going to break this record, and. I've covered Jossie since the the day she stepped on campus. That montage of the 96 home runs, I called every single one of them but one. And all of them are on there but one. And so I wanted it to be something really special. And most importantly, I wanted it to be something that she dug and her family dug, Right? I wanted to do something that they were like, okay, that's awesome. And, and again, I know that it's not about, by no means is it about me, 
Like I'm not going to throw my tagline in there or anything. And um, what what does Taylor say? The schooner around the bases. I'm not going to do anything that's going to try to make it about your boy. I, that's just one thing. I was right away. It's like yeah, let's that we're not doing that. And my initial, so I I workshopped a few things in my mind, but hadn't really come up with anything. And then she hit four in one day, right, in Houston, and then hit the fifth the next day. Well, when she hit the fifth, I think I've told the story that I called Toby, and I was like, I got to have something cool here. And he was driving down to baseball, and I had some ideas of some things I wanted to say, and I workshopped through him. If she would have hit 96 on that Sunday against Texas State, I don't think the call would have nearly been as manicured as it was doing it in Hawaii. Hawaii. Aloha. And so I worked – there's one of our, our video coordinator, Whitley Simmons. I think Rayleigh Pogue probably caught some shrapnel on this. Definitely Pat Dunn. We, I'd go through a few. I'm like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Jake Scroggins, Dane Summers, what do you guys think of this? And they were incredibly helpful. So I had like a, a, a piece of paper that I had written down, Jossie's full name, and the only thing I had prepared was I wanted to somehow fit in somewhere from the island to the prairie, and I didn't know if I wanted to say to immortality, to the top of the record books. I wanted something like that in there somewhere. And that's later in the call. That's that's all I had written down was her full name and then that. And I wanted it to be something, too, that talked about, hey, this is, this is a record that's not leaving Norman. That was my little welcome to the championship mindset. We ain't going anywhere. So I thought about a lot. And every time she would come up, I mean, if you listen to every single call, like my mind is racing a thousand miles an hour. And the first inning of that game, she nearly hit it out. Like she hit a laser off the right field wall. And that might have ended up being a better call because that built the drama. It's like, there's a shot. It's got a chance. Right field, thuds off the wall, right? That had more drama to it. This was probably what we all envision when you watch the home runs of all 96, Josh. This was just a bomb. I mean, it was a bomb. So it was like perfect Jossie. So in my mind, I I feel like my best home run calls are there it goes. So it couldn't have been a better kind of home run for me and what I feel like I do best. Well, and the way that you (laughs) called that was so perfect. I got so lucky. I'm not even going to lie to you. I got so lucky. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then my voice had been kind of cracking that day. Um, I don't know if it's just it was sleep or if it was I wasn't drinking enough water, whatever it might be. You can tell we're better today. Um, So I was nervous about that. But I appreciate you, dude. It was just it was pure luck. I mean, there's no other way around it. And everything that you heard as soon as that ball left the yard – I mean, you heard later was from the – everything was just practicing, making sure I said her name the right way. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, wanting to fit in the, the thing that it's – she's still an Oklahoman, and, or at least that it's still an Oklahoma-based record. So she was I, – I finally had a chance to – I'm like – because I had gone to her. I went to Jossie, and I said – after we got back from Houston, I said, I have this idea. 
I want to throw it in front of you. I said, what if, what if when you break the record, I use your full name? She, and she said, I'd love that. She goes, can you say it? I was like, no. <laughs> and she walked me through it, and I worked on the enunciation and all that stuff. And she goes, you got it. I, I went to her family. I went to her sister and to her dad. I'm like, here's what I want to do. I'm like, when she breaks the record, I want to say, like, her full name. And they're like, love it. Love the idea. And that, so that whole time, I mean, I remember telling Toby. Toby's like, uh, how many times have you used her full name? I was like, I haven't. But yet, being in, in Hawaii and, bro, you don't understand. Jocelyn is a rock star here. She is Beatles-esque in Hawaii. We went to a luau and, you know, a thing where there's, 500 people there and of course right away some dude she knows works there it was just crazy so I knew how much it meant to her to be able to do it in Hawaii and I know how much that heritage there tradition means to her so got lucky hit it and her mom was happy her dad was happy grandma was happy the um the entire Hawaiian alo family was happy so I was happy and I finally got to ask her last night at the airport. I'm like, we did because she was on the phone. She's like, yeah, it was good. And then Barry Bonds commented on her Instagram post. Did you see that? No. Yeah, Barry Bonds is like, congratulations, Jossie, on breaking the record. So that was pretty cool. That is awesome. But and it's always funny because the Barry Bonds record breaking home run. I don't know if it was the TV or the radio call. Like the broadcast, either the dude on. Plugged his microphone or something happened. Oh no! Where it's like, and there it goes, and then you don't hear anything. And I don't remember if that was for the Hank Aaron one or if that was for the season when he broke the uh, single season record, whatever it was. But yeah, I just I didn't want to do anything where he got knocked off the air. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. Because Richard told me Richard Martis said in one of her at bats in the middle of it, like the the stream went to a commercial. Could you imagine how much of a nightmare that would have been? But it was awesome. It was a really, really co- beyond the call. It was a really cool trip, man. We had, and so then to put the icing on top of it. I know I'm going long here, and I won't talk about it again. But the coolest part of it all, outside of outside Josh, and we had to break down. You know, Grant, we had TV equipment to break down. Uh, the bus took off before we were on it, and they were kind enough to stop, so we had to chase it down because we we were doing from oh, see Cam shoot, you don't care. No, no, no. There's literally three dudes. One of them knows how to set up and turn on the camera that are on this trip, and Hawaii didn't make their stuff available to us. I, I don't know why. I don't know if they had to set it up for one day or what. Whatever it was, it wasn't available to us. So we had to take all this equipment, break it all down. We get back to the hotel. We're all sitting up there. I go. We go to get dinner, and everyone's sitting around in Coach's office. Well, Coach's room. We're getting dinner, and Poppy's there. He's like, oh, the sport, sports center is going to do it, and they're going to have Jossie. And have her thing, and they did a whole thing on, and that's when they played the call. And when Neil Everett said, "Great call, great call, great call," and everyone's like, "Ah!" and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that was kind of a cool moment. Sure, I yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I think, I I think just about everyone was maybe it wasn't, but it was for me. It was one of those. I felt like it was pretty good. I don't know, confidence in that I hit it. But then again, the same vein, it doesn't matter what. <laughs> One guy, in the con- I had like, well, missed opportunity. You're not saying aloha means goodbye. I'm like, I've n- okay, <laughs> thank you. I'm not Larry Beal on SportsCenter, but appreciate it. There was nothing that could have been done differently I or better. Mm. The other great part is we're literally in the crowd. I mean, we're there in that crowd. 
Like our broadcast wasn't in a booth. There's myself and Pat and then Whitley and Rayleigh Pogue, and we're just like all in this little group. And she hits it, and it's like ah, high fives and going crazy. It was really – it was awesome. And all, I hope – I know we've gone long on this, but I just got here. The hope is that the hundreds of camera phones that you saw up during that, that we can get all those different angles, kind of like that OU Texas thing. And they're reaching out, and we're trying to do what we can to get as many of the videos together as possible. But it was it that was, would be cool. That would be really cool. It was, pre- and who knows? Maybe there. It was late, bro. It was like eleven thirty. I wrote it down on my score sheet. It was like eleven. It was close to midnight. Whenever she hit it, you know, it was it was something else. I'll. I, I hope you know. I never forget. <laughs> never know what my mind is going to do to me. But it's definitely one of those moments that I think as fans, I think as people that cover it, you'll never forget where you were because it's you always remember those games at late and and odd times, right? It was like, yeah, dude, that was like midnight when that happened, or the seventeen inning game. I was like, that was close to midnight whenever that game finally ended. You always remember those late night moments in sports, Dodgers. Whenever Max Muncie hit the walk off in the in I think that was the World Series to stay alive. Like oh it was like two in the morning when the game finally got over. It was awesome. And we're really behind, but I've got so much more from that. Jocelyn's coming on tomorrow. She's coming on the show tomorrow. Awesome. Now Can't again, wait. tomorrow's a little bit unique to me because as soon as I get back, my wife needs a root canal. So I'll be sliding in either midway through the first hour or right at ten AM. So, but she's going to join us either at ten or eleven tomorrow. So we'll talk to the new home run queen of college softball tomorrow. Who I think's pretty happy to be home too. I I think it's it's pretty good for her to be back here. I think team's ready to get rolling. We got a big one this weekend. All right, quick break. Plank show rolls on next. We'll talk about March Madness and the Sooners tonight on the Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Got the uh, KJ was out today, so. I was worried I'd miss something with Coach. How was your week? Week, I, I mean, we still did the show every day except for the Tuesday travel day and then yesterday's travel day. But show yesterday good? It was good, yeah. Good weekend for you? The show missed you yesterday, but otherwise right. it was good. Um, I always – I hate – it's the one of the greatest days of radio, period. Getting to get your first look at the bracket. Right. I, I mean, think about it. I missed two massive – I missed the Sunday night Fox Sports radio show when, A, the field is released, and then, B, you get a, a, a Tom Brady nugget like you did on Sunday night. And then I had to miss Monday's show with the bracket unveil. But I'm, I'm good. Did you do anything good this weekend? I watched a lot of movies this weekend, by the way. What all did you watch? Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I guess I, I really didn't because I, I tried to sleep. But I did watch the new Ghostbusters. I, don't, I guess it's not new anymore. I watched the, the quote-unquote new Ghostbusters, and I watched the 007. Any good on Ghostbusters? Yay, nay? It's hard for me to. I, I've. Did you see it? No, and I've been in that camp from day one. How dare you make another Ghostbusters? I will say for the... For most of you, it's like new playing a spinoff. Yes, I'm aware of. That. I don't watch movies. I I just don't. I'm a. I know this. I'm not trying to sound too cool, but I'm a sports guy. 
I've, I try not – we'll have a documentary every now and then. I got my podcast that I listen to. But for the most part, if I'm not watching a game and it's not Family Guy or Always Sunny, I'm not watching TV, right? And I don't think you guys want to hear about you know, the episode where Charlie captures a leprechaun, which I watched last night before I went to bed, which is a great episode. I, I'd be okay talking about that. I've had a hard time trying to figure out how I felt about Ghostbusters. Because, and this was the – this wasn't the female Ghostbusters, which everyone had a big enough problem with. This was the one with the kid from Stranger Things, which I felt. Oh, there's two. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> no. Okay, this is yeah. This is the one with the kid from Stranger Things who is. I, it's just. It's not good, but there's a few moments in it where you're like, okay, let's go. Let let's go. There we go. Paul Rudd's in it, and he's he's solid. I'm sure he's he's solid in it. I don't know the actress that plays the mom, but she's pretty good. Paul Rudd in a Ghostbusters. Get yeah, and then here. you know it's yeah, it's just Paul Rudd is supposed to be in romantic comedies. Come on now, they turn it into a romantic comedy. Oh no, in some ways, yeah. There's so many plot holes in it. But I listen, I digress. I want to know about um, you and your first look at the bracket and, and what you thought whenever you started rolling through the field of 68. Well, I, I think first and foremost, as it pertains to Oklahoma, clearly this committee really valued the Big Ten, nine teams from that conference in, and anybody that was a question mark from the Big Ten on the bubble – it was a yes. Right. Whereas Oklahoma and Texas A&M, sure, we can talk about how A&M lost eight straight at one point in Oklahoma. They had their own warts. They lost 11 of 13. But both of those two teams would be in the camp that they impressed during the conference tournaments, and yet neither one was rewarded out of the Big 12 and SEC, respectively. So right. I thought that stood out to me, the love for the Big 10, and really – you know, outside of just Richmond, who earned that automatic bid, and Virginia Tech, I didn't feel like there was a ton of love shown in general by this committee for what happened in the conference tournaments. Tennessee is another good example of that. They finish as a three seed. Now, I think they got a good draw with where they wound up as a three seed. For example, I'd rather be where Tennessee's sitting as that three seed than Duke having to mess around with Texas Tech as the three in that region and Gonzaga as the one. But those were a couple of things I think that stood out. No love for what happened in the conference tournaments. Um, did, did, we always, did we already go through everything that Tom Burnett had to say? Um. I played a lot of it yesterday, okay, but okay. if you want to rehash, no, 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 some, we'll, we'll some save of it. it. We'll save it for when we're talking about Oklahoma and the NIT. But yeah, I I'm kind of the same way. I didn't. I knew it was going to be an uphill climb for Oklahoma. I knew it, but I felt I felt as if this committee found a bracket that they were pretty comfortable with on like Saturday morning or Friday night and went with it because. This shows you how old man I am. Now, every single time I look at my bracket, I've got to break out the old reading glasses. But there were two things on it that I saw that just it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. One, and if I'm I'm Texas, I'm I'm not liking this. Virginia Tech as an eleven. I was like, okay. 
Tennessee as a three, I think, as you hit. How about Alabama as a six? Alabama. 19 and 13, Alabama is a six seed. Yeah, the most confusing team, which has some of the best wins in this tournament and some of the worst losses. I mean, LSU, I I don't know, man. Maybe that's unfair of me, but I thought there should have been some price to pay. But, yeah, no, they're still sitting there comfortably in with a six. Not to say they should have been out, but, I mean, historically, this has been a committee – that will ding you for injuries, or or you know, Kenyon Martin is the this like the bell cow for this. Whenever he got hurt at Cincinnati, and they dropped him from what I think would have been a one to a two, and that ended up being uh, on the path for Tulsa to make its run to the uh, Elite Eight that year and almost the Final Four. So you know, but a coach leaves or is fired and. It doesn't really seem like it affected them at all. So I just – I felt like – and I think there was there was one more on here that I kind of saw and I was like, oh, that seems like it didn't really take into account anything that happened on on Saturday in the or, – or even Sunday in the SEC final. I just – I don't know, Josh. I think you're right. I think they showed – they value the Big Ten. In fact, it, speaking of that, just, just one quick one here. Here's what – Tom Burnett said, and there was a good Q&A for this, about having so many teams from the Big Ten. Because, again, maybe a Big Ten team ends up winning the title and, and it's kind of like in your face. But... Tell me about the conversations on those last three bubble teams, Rutgers, Michigan, and yeah. Well, you know, they, they all kind of came in late together, Seth. And, you know, that, that certainly is not a problem for the committee. It's a little bit of a complication as you have to position them late uh, in the bracket, so to speak. Uh, including, uh, you know, conversations about the first four and having those teams participate there. But certainly uh, the Big Ten's had a fantastic year and very deserving of their nine teams. Kind of makes you wonder if Indiana wouldn't have made its run in the Big Ten tournament, how it got rewarded for that and others didn't. Indiana gets rewarded for a run, and one of those games was like a quarterfinal game. And Oklahoma beats a one seed during that run and basically gets a middle finger. And Baylor was missing some personnel. Sure. Right? Sure. Maybe the committee would would come back and say that, but then you turned around and gave that same Baylor team a one seed. Right. So there's a lot of it that didn't make any sense. But I'm not I'm not you know, I said this yesterday and just rehash it since you weren't with us yesterday. I'm not going to be jumping up and down screaming from the mountaintops that I thought Oklahoma just got this incredibly raw deal here from the NCAA tournament selection committee Oklahoma with their final stretch the way they won those four straight games they did what they had to do to give themselves a puncher's chance on the bubble and when you finish 18 and 15 unfortunately you leave it into the selection committee's hands and really that's kind of the great takeaway yep all right, 939. We're a little bit behind. We started talking a lot about Sooner softball in Hawaii. So when we come back right here on the home of Sooner fans, big 24 hours in in the NFL, that has drastically affected the wide receiver market when Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are getting the money that they've re- received. So we'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. And and obviously a a big night tonight coming up for Oklahoma. So when we come back, let's let's rally the troops. 
Let's see what we can expect numbers-wise, attendance-wise, as Oklahoma gets set to host an NIT game at home tonight. It's Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Back of the class, please. I see your hand raised. Welcome back. Are we doing this again with Colin Kaepernick? Oh, yes. We will do this again with Colin Kaepernick. And then, you know what? Hey, I say we midseason next year when somebody gets hurt or leaves. How about we do it again? I, mean, I, I do I do I doubt that Colin Kaepernick got blackballed? No, to a degree, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it at all. Um, but seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Do you see the fit y'all threw when Tim Tebow came back after being out for seven years? I mean, I'm just supposed to believe that now is the time to go sign a dude that has been out of the league for for five years. And, I mean, again, I like this. So maybe this should dispel the fact that he doesn't want to play. Well, what about that workout that got all moved around? Remember I mean, that narrative? Yeah, I just – the, the dude wasn't even completing like 60. I know it was like 59, but I mean, come on. I, I, I'm going to probably take my chances on a Malik Willis or a a newcomer that has been playing football competitively, even if it's in college, before this. I, I guess we're doing this. I guess this is going to be the offseason of Kaepernick once again because he posted one workout video. You know – Okay. I think I'd love to see him back in the league. I just don't care to continue talking about whether or not he's going to be back in the league. I just I popped up and it's you know, we've got so much going on right now, right? We've got the NCAA tournament, you've got the I, I, the CBS Sports, I've got that show on in studio. I'm gonna have to turn the channel is what it is in here, aren't I? Uh let's welcome in Stephen A. Smith to argue with uh what's the former LSU Tiger that's always on all their shows? playing in the NFL, to argue about whether or not now is the time for a team to sign Kaepernick. Meanwhile, Tom Brady just returned from retirement. Um, Marcus Spears. Marcus Spears, thank you. What's have you found? It's 946. It's the Plank Show on a Monday. Hour one of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Their perfection is your protection. VHFence.com. Call Mark and Tessa today at 735 735- one one six seven. That's four zero five seven three five one one six seven. Get your fencing needs taken care of through the premier fencing company in Oklahoma. Did you? Uh, can I ask you soon a football question here, real Please. quick, before we move to the tournament? Justin Harrington posted that video yesterday. Is is he struggling to find a place to go play? Is that kind of what I I can derive from that? I would imagine, yeah, that he's in that group. Mid season, right. I am in the portal. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I don't have anywhere to go. Some people freaked out and were like, are you coming back? I mean, I I like Justin Harrington's aesthetics, but what what has he done that would lead you to believe that he should be back and starting? I mean, I think we kind of fall in love with the idea of someone and not actually anything they've done for us. And if you're first, yeah, he's back. Good. I, I – I don't know if that's the case. I'll be the first person to admit that it was Teddy Lehman that that got me fired up about what the potential of Justin Harrington 
at Oklahoma can look like. When you hear somebody like Teddy say, hey, this guy's been really impressive. Right. What I'm hearing at practice, on and on and on. Sure. And then it just doesn't materialize. And, of course, the rest of what Harrington's story at Oklahoma looks like, okay, well, now it's time to move on. But some fans hear that, and you just don't ever really let go of it. I heard Ted say, and Ted's probably – I mean, listen, I heard great things about the way he had looked, but, I mean, if you're not able to have the right mindset to be able to take things early last year, you ain't going a lot now than they ever were then. So I just – I don't know. I mean, I just – I saw a bunch of Sooner fans, hey, you're back. This, I just felt like it was him trying to say, I, I'm out here looking for an opportunity is what I thought more than anything else. I think it'd be great if he did come back to Oklahoma, but that bridge might be burnt at this point. I think, too, that sometimes we get into situations where we fall in love with the idea of what someone can be, and then Roy Finch is a great example of that. I I, I think Ronnell Jones is a great example of that if you look in the history of – of Oklahoma football players. Perry on Winfrey, a Perry, good example right, of that. Right, right, and, and they end up being something different at the pro level or, or not at all, but I just – I saw that on my timeline all over the place this morning and thought, okay, cool. But I will say, heck of a talent. If he ends up back in Oklahoma, great. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's out there trying to look for somewhere to give him an opportunity. It sucks, man. It's a tough spot to be. I can imagine. You think I'm going in the portal and there's going to be tons of opportunities and it doesn't materialize. But I will say um, one thing will materialize tonight, the NIT. And we got uh, we just had Porter Moser on with T-Row moments ago. Um, he, here was yesterday Porter met with the media in a Zoom. Here's what the coach had to say about hopefully getting on a run in the NIT and proving the selection committee wrong. Oh, 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 where are you, Porter? Let's try this again in three, you two. You could be one. mad at people or, or for not not being selected, or you can prove them wrong. And I choose to prepare, to fight, to go into this tournament trying to prove people wrong. That's how I'm choosing it. And I want the players to follow my lead, and we're going we're gonna to have this film session and practice, and we're, they're going to follow our coaching staff's lead. Love it. Now, I again, there's – not to say there's an arrogance in the committee, but I don't think many of them are going to look at the NIT and be like, oh, man, we missed out with that team. But if that's what you can sell, I'm all in with it right now. I'm all in with it right now. Tickets available. It's going to be a fun night in the LNC, Oklahoma, and Missouri State, formerly known as Southwest Missouri State. Swomo. We'll talk a little bit about them next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Quick segment here before we get rolling with, I don't know, just diving into some tournament nuggets. I got a lot of stuff, man. I got a lot of stuff that we were talking about from the NCAA tournament. That's for certain. Have you ironed down your Final Four champion, all that fun stuff? Uh, Let me see. I filled out a Fox Sports Radio one last night. I need to hop in our ref bracket challenge. I need to do that. I, I found out that I have fallen in love with two teams in Villanova and Kentucky right now. So in a couple of brackets that I've done, those two teams, well, the one that I've submitted, 
always end up in my final four. See, Villanova for me is far and away not even close to the weakest two seed. But then again, I don't think I've watched Villanova but maybe once this year. I, and I've seen him twice. But I keep – I John Fanna, who's going to join us on tomorrow's show, I keep hearing him talk about Nova, and I, I, I kind of fall for him. And point guard play matters so much, so much during the NCAA tournament. And Villanova has two of them, including one that kind of has some, some – ch- even though you know Gillespie wasn't truly a part of their championship winning team, he was on the roster. But, yeah, I just – I don't know I've, I've fallen for him, and I think Ohio State stinks. In fact, I think Loyola Chicago might beat them. Um, I don't. I don't know if Tennessee's just going to slide right by Colorado State. I think Colorado State's really good. Um, I've watched them three or four times this year. You mean I, Michigan? Uh, Colorado State. I think Colorado State's going to beat Michigan. Yes. Yeah, I could. I can see that. Yeah, I think. I think Colorado State's one of those teams that. And, in fact, there was a story this morning about how they just found out when they're leaving like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, I'm going to get thread. into that. Yeah, I'm going to get into that when we come back. Uh, but, you know what, here's the thing that in the end and all of it, Arizona just might be that, du- that dude. And I'm not giving them credit because I've got to deal with Arnie all the time. I mean, they might be that good. And, I, and every single time that I end up filling out my bracket, I always end up with chalk, right? I end up with a bunch of ones and twos. And we know that's not how it's going to play out, but... I struggle not doing that as well. <laughs> well kind of like the ones and twos to advance to the Elite Eight in, in these four regions. <laughs> All right, so we'll get into what the brackets look like, tell you how you can be a part of our bracket challenge, and talk about the NIT next. From the gridiron to the hardwood. To the diamond, no one covers the Sooners like we do. If it's Sooner Sports, we have you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This is the home of Sooner fans. So, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, the countdown is on for tonight's NIT matchup for the University of Oklahoma as the Sooners square off against Missouri State in the first round of the NIT. And perhaps, if they win, maybe Colorado or St. Bonaventures. Would it be here? We're the one seat, so it would be, right? Yes, and listening to Toby this morning on the drive-in, sounds like Sunday, though that is not officially official. It's quite a break between games. All right, you're going to play on Tuesday. Oh, I guess to, what am I talking? Tomorrow's Wednesday. Well, so and the, think wi- about the tournament. The women are hosting, right? Ooh. So you, you've got to work around that too. So Saturday versus IUPUI and the other games here in Norman too. Oklahoma and Missouri State last played in 2004. Oklahoma won a said contest against Missouri State 61 to 53. Sooners all time are 3 and 0 against the Missouri State Bears. When the teams last played in 2004, December of 2004. Josh Helmer, can you name the Sooner leading score in that game? From 2004? 2004. This is a tough one. If I had uh, Jeopardy music, I would play it here. 
Terrell mm. Everett. That's a good guess. Um, Drew Lavender. Ah, that was going to be my first guess. Who then ended up, what, transferring to Xavier, I think, during his career? Drew Lavender. I thought it was... I thought it was like one year in front of Drew Lavender, maybe. Yeah, he uh, Lavender, two seasons with the Sooners in which he started 59 games. Uh, and then he transferred and wrapped up his career at Xavier, um, which is how I will now pronounce Xavier from here from here to four. If everyone's going to mispronounce it and say Xavier, then I'm going to start calling it Xavier. <laughs> yeah, Drew Lavender. So 3-0 all-time. I know history doesn't matter, but I always love the uh, times they matched up notes. Um of course, Porter Moser has a distinguished history against Missouri State. When he was the head basketball coach at Illinois State, uh, he coached – when he was the head coach at Illinois State and coached current Missouri State head coach Dana Ford, Moser spent four seasons at the helm and Ford played for him from 2 to 6 Ford helped lead the Redbirds with 47 stills or steals. And uh, helped lead Loyola, did Porter Moser, whenever they were in the Missouri Valley Conference, to a 2-0 record against Missouri State during his time in Chicago. The Rambler, uh, Ramblers won both road contests against Moser State. So, uh, you know, not a ton, but it's it's still kind of fun to see these two teams go at it. Now, And that's fascinating, the head coach-to-head coach connection. Yeah, he coached him in college. Who knew? Porter Moser looks young. He doesn't look like he should be coaching against dudes that played for him in the NCA or in the NIT. In Did case. you have the chance to sit down and catch or listen to all of Porter Moser's availability by any chance from yesterday? I know you were wide. No, no, no. I, I, I was, I was still traveling. I didn't get to, I didn't get to, but I listened to the whole interview with Toby. You, you jogged my. Oh, okay. So yeah. you heard his. Maybe he said something similar as well this morning with T. Rowe, but you jogged my memory on something that he said about Porter Moser feeling. Seeming like a young head coach. Right. He said as much yesterday. The part that bothered him the most about not getting the tournament bid was his players, okay, for a lot of guys, this is the final chance to get that NCAA tournament bid. They're young. It goes by so quick. They've only got the four or five years maybe to get into the dance. He said, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of of chances moving forward to to get back into the dance. I feel young as a head coach. He should. It still just seems wild that he is coaching against a dude that played for him. Players to keep an eye on tonight, Gage Prim, Isaiah Mosley, All-MVC first team honors. Mosley, team high, 20 points per game. Prim, 16.8 rebounds. I liked, I liked the comparison that they made on Prim this morning of David McCormick who could score. I love that, by the way. It's not you're not necessarily saying, "Well, that's David McCormick." You're saying, "What's he like?" You know, when you scout a, a team that you see twice a year, you're very familiar with their skill set and their tendencies. But you also know the individual. If you're a, I don't know, Ethan Shagwa, Tanner Groves, whomever, might end up dealing with them in the post. Then you look at him and you say, "Oh, okay, I know what to expect." Then. And you had a Javante Black uh, started all 32 games. It's a good basketball team. Not a team that was knocking on the door of the NCAA tournament or anything of that nature, but a good challenge for this team. If and when Coach Porter Moser, after, of course, multiple national championships and all sorts of Final Fours, if and when he would like to 
switch his career path into, say, a recruiting evaluator or a media professional. Oh, he'd be great. He's he's one step ahead, right? Because that's what we do all the time. This player's like that player. He'd be great. He'd be so good. So we're going to have, um, in the top five stories of the day, we're going to have what Porter Moser had to say overall about Missouri State. It's Plank Show. It is a Tuesday edition. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. We'll hit all those tidbits coming up in just a bit. But I, I do have a question real quick, Josh, before we, we get too far away from this. And I, I, I thought to give credit where credit is due, Bob Prisbillo brought this up, and it was a really good point. I'm not going to sit here and pretend as if I'm as as in on college basketball as I've been in years past, right? I just, with my responsibilities, most of it is is women's college basketball. And to be honest with you, most of the shows that I do either on, on Mad Dog or on ESPNU, it's not a ton of college basketball anymore. So for me, I pay attention to Oklahoma. I pay attention to the Big 12. Outside of that, I can be sometimes pretty, pretty useless. <laughs> but like if you need it, it's like, Plank, break down um, break down Tennessee. I'm like, eh, I've a couple times. I like them. But I can't sit here and go through their starting five like maybe I could have seven or eight years ago. I just I feel like honesty is a key here. I could sit here and make it up and act like I do and read stuff on on Google like probably half of those in our industry do, but I, I won't do that to you. Yeah, just, just get your team capsules and away right. you'll go. Like I could sit here today and say, man, you know what's really impressed me about Tennessee <laughs> so far this season? As you butcher everybody's last names. Right, is I could say um, – Man, analytics, they were the number five team in college basketball since basically, you know, February 1. Kennedy, Kennedy Chandler, who's probably going to be a first-round pick, dude shot 54% from inside the arc, and it was nearly at 40% from beyond the three-point line. Really? Yeah, impressive. And then I could say because everyone is freaking out on Twitter that Tennessee's not a two-seed, I could say. And I'm really shocked that they're a three-seed. You mean seed. Clay Travis is freaking out on Twitter. Hey. So it, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to be honest because I'm very confused by something because of all the things I feel like I know scheduling up and the net matters right if you schedule up and you play a good schedule non-conference wise even if you play in a power conference you shall be rewarded and. I noticed that, you know, OU played a pretty tough schedule this year in the non-conference, right? And won a couple of those games, by the way, in the non-conference versus Arkansas and Florida. Right. You're kicking yourself at the end here for the Butler and Utah State games. But, I mean, Utah State, if – where was Utah State in the net? I want to say – They're a top 70 team. Yeah, they're a top 70 team in the net. So, I guess – that's what I don't get because Notre Dame Notre Dame played a cupcake schedule this year. They they really did. And 1 through 38. Yeah, they're 60. 60. Wow. Utah State is 60th in the net. I mean if you schedule more quad 2, quad 3 games, you're probably in a better spot. And I, I'll tell you what, yeah, losing to Butler, 
last night in this show that I did on ESPNU, I was with Lucas Harkins. And bless Lucas's heart, he was basically yelling into his Zoom the whole time, so I felt bad for him. But I guess what I don't understand is Baylor, excuse me, Butler became like four or five teams' bad loss, or at least worst, <laughs> worst game of the season. And they weren't a good basketball team this year, which is weird. But one through 38 got in, and the Sooners were 39, and then Rutgers is 77 in the net. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And then you had to, listen, and I'm not complaining about getting in or not getting in, but, you know, Notre Dame goes 17-1 against Q3 and Q4 teams. USC 17-2, North Carolina 18-1. The Sooners were 8-1 because, A, they play in the Big 12 and didn't have a lot of Q3, Q4 teams. And number two, they didn't schedule that way. So, 18 and 15 doesn't look pretty, nor does Michigan 17 and 14, but I'll fight for those teams over a Notre Dame or a USC based on what they did in the scheduling side of things. They didn't mess around, and they didn't get blown out much this season at all. Well, maybe Oklahoma had a few games here and there, but in those non-conference games, they were tight. So I don't get it, Josh. It's just... I'm going to sit here and, and 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 be honest with you. I'm not Mr. NIT. I'm not Mr. Net Rankings. I understand the nitty gritties. I'm not Mr. Dive into the numbers. I'm not Mr. I can break down the the depth chart and and have a a serious hoops conversation with you about how good Davidson is this year. But I sure as hell can understand the simplest things. And the simplest things are that the selection committee. The NCAA has told us over and over and over and over that they shifted to this net because it's a more logical system and it makes more sense and it takes into account things that matters. And they just basically gave it a big middle finger. I mean, Marquette was a slam. Marquette was never a question, never on the bubble in their three spots behind Oklahoma in the net rankings. It doesn't make any sense to me, Josh. You, you know what? I think they need a fifth quad. Go ahead. The... So it's quad one, two, and three, and four. So you're saying out of fifth? Yeah, and the reason I say that, I'll give credit to my brother here. I saw his tweet yesterday. It got me thinking about this. The Baylor win is not the same as, say, a road win at Michigan. It's not. That's a better win, and they can both get rated as quad one wins. There almost needs to be a quad one plus subcategory right that is top 25 teams in the net and that's it it doesn't matter home away whatever those wins should be weighted more heavily and those losses should be considered differently than a quad one road loss to a top 75 net team I mean if you're looking at it just no gray area here's the quad one type games okay well you can do that But that also doesn't take into account that Oklahoma played Baylor three times and played Kansas twice and played Texas Tech three times. It's it's not fair to look at it that way, and it doesn't give Oklahoma and other teams, right, when you start looking at all these different resumes, it doesn't give the same credence to, okay, wow, they beat Texas Tech. They beat Arkansas. They, They beat Baylor. Those wins are not the same. Those losses are not the same. And 
there should be, I think, another category specifically for that. I agree. I agree 100%. And, again, I'm not – I don't want it to come across as complaining or whining. I'm just confused. And I think it takes a real man to admit when he's confused at times. (laughs) I'm very perplexed by this. And I know someone would probably say, well, it's it's simple. Is it? Don't lose – Oh, it's simple. Just don't lose games. Okay, well, that Michigan did, and here they are. Marquette did, and here they are. Right? I, I just, I don't. Michigan's not even in the the first four. Right. They're safely in. So it's it's very perplexing to me. To this here reporter, it is very perplexing. All right, it's ten eighteen. I don't know how much more can be said about the frustration of not getting in, so I'll bury it. It's it's done. Can I say one final thing before we take a break? For me. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's time to abolish the whole we don't want the same conference to play each other in the first round. In, in certain circumstances, like the first four, I'm sorry. Michigan, you're a first four team, and if Indiana's a first four team too, so Put be it. There. You're playing again. Put them in there. Put them in there. I, I could not agree more. Absolutely. Well, we've already seen them play twice this year. Well, if they would have played in a conference tournament, it would have been a third time. And plus, you're you're letting so many teams in from one tournament, it eventually becomes, un- or from one conference, it becomes unavoidable. Quick break. When we come back, Porter Moser was, was on with Toby. We'll get you hyped up for the NIT. But first, we got to talk about the NFL and the madness that's currently taking place. I've got more from softball. If you guys want to jump in, 405-329-9000. i got open lines now. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 651-3439. It is The Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. I can't, I can't get away from first take. Every time I turn the channel, it's eventually on that channel. What? What's going on? Would you like to know Stephen A. Smith's salary? Is it like nine mil? Yeah, it's about nine million too much. Every channel I turn it to, it's eventually on. Quick, um. Quick update, Plank Show right here on The Ref. We have tickets available to tonight's Sooner NIT matchup with Missouri State. Whoa! You can get tickets to Soonersports.com slash tickets. Um, I forgot. I talked to Coach Gasso in my pregame show on Sunday, and I'm going to share some of that with you in the Firehouse Subs top five, in the top five stories of the day because – it was great and talking about the night that was kind of everything around it, how for from her perspective, it's an opportunity to kind of get back to to coaching a bit. Oh, um, a lot of questions on Kinsey Hansen. And again, I think Kinsey's been battling some nagging injuries. And I I just think the thought was let's give her a break. Let's give her a couple of days here, a chance to develop Sophia Nugent, who then started on Saturday and hit a bomb. I mean, a bomb. Um, so, Which yeah. I loved your call on that home run. Dude, I was shocked. I, I, so Sophia got stuck next to me on a couple of flights, and she was in the group of eight that got uh, split onto the San Francisco flight as opposed to the flight 
that went to, I think, Denver on the way out whenever we got left in in Houston. So it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to get to know her a little bit. Packs all her own food was the one thing that still kind of blew my mind. We're sitting there eating a burrito at the Oklahoma City Airport <laughs> and a breakfast burrito at gosh, Freddy's. Is there a Freddy's in there? Really underrated good breakfast burrito. And she sits down and breaks out a Ziploc bag with pancakes in it. I was like, let's go. You're like, so, whoa. But anyway, back to the point. Men's Hoops NIT tickets are available right now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. Tip time tonight is set for 6 p.m. You can get in for as low as $12. So that's a that's a pretty good deal at Soonersports.com slash tickets. And then, Josh, we've got to, at some point, talk about Jenny Bronchek and the women's basketball team in the NCAA tournament. Um, so pumped for them to have the opportunity to host. I, and by the way, they played a heck of a game against a Baylor team that was driven and motivated after getting swept twice, and they kind of pounded them into submission inside, but they kept grinding. And I, I kind of like the draw that they that they had in there. I keep wanting to say NIT, NCAA tournament bracket. I so. like it for two rounds, and I despise it after that. Connecticut and North Carolina State in that region. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. It's like, looks great. It's a couple rounds. And then there's a big story developing because Frank Martin is out at South Carolina, which really surprised me. Um, I, I don't know, Tulsa Peeps, is that a direction we're looking here? Because I know Kansas State people are tripping all over themselves to want to get Frank Martin to Kansas State. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't know, know about that. But I I don't know. Is 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 Frank Martin a direction? Because I think with his personality and he might be exactly what Tulsa needs, but I don't know I don't know budgetarily what it looks like right now. I know the guy East Carolina just hired what Mike Schwartz would a great fit at Tulsa. Oh Frank Haith finally resigned after they got smoked by SMU in the uh, AC, AAC tournament. But that's an, that's an opening worth keeping an eye on. Man, I loved covering Tulsa back. Uh, that's what I cut my teeth on, Josh Helmer. Tulsa basketball vacancies, trying to cultivate sources. Unfortunately, I think the sources that I would use 20 years ago, probably not the same sources that I could turn to today. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think. But – South Carolina's open, so there's been a lot of people talking about the potential of Mike Boynton coming back. Seth Davis tweets this morning that in Boynton's seven-year, $21 million contract with Oklahoma State, it lists a buyout during his first three seasons at 75% of the remaining deal. As of now, that's $13.5 million, according to Seth's math, for his buyout at Oklahoma State. Big-time price tag, even for an SEC school like South Carolina. So if they want Boynton, it's not only what you would have to pay him, which would be more than, I guess, seven years, 21 mil, three to four mil a season, but then a $13 million buyout on top of that. And I don't know, is, is South Carolina an infinitely better job than Oklahoma State? I don't know. Uh, you might have your ties there, so that makes a difference, but I don't. I don't know if I'm in Oklahoma State if I'm too worried about that right now. I wouldn't think you'd have to be. But the the coaching carousel is already spinning in the world of college basketball. With all that said, tickets for the first and second round for the OU women are available right now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. 
um, because it's double session, a little bit more expensive, 40 bucks, but still great opportunity to get out and support Jenny Baranchek's team. All right. Uh, Porter Moser was on with Toby. I want to share a little bit of that when we come back. But I also, what are you making of the way things are going as we shift here quickly to the NFL? I mean, it, it seems like the receiver market has absolutely exploded right now. And DJ Shark just signed this morning with the Detroit Lions, got a big deal. Uh, I mean, if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm sitting back at all of this and just loving it. The Jaguars paid ridiculous money for Christian Kirk, who wasn't even the one on his own team. And, again, I don't mind my team sitting out the early wave of free agency, but some of these numbers are just, dude, they're just ridiculous. How about Kansas City signing Justin Reed? And basically moving on from Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Is the amount that they paid Reed south of what they were going to have to pay Tyron Matthew? Oh, yeah. Are they Okay. I was going to say, did they just choose Reed over Matthew? That wasn't the case, right? Well, they did end up choosing Reed over Matthew, but, you know, Matthew's going to command more on the open market. Gotcha. Aaron Rodgers signed his deal this morning with the – Green Bay Packers. I almost said Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Packers. The Kansas City Packers. And as expected, it was kind of right in what was being reported in everything in Aaron Rodgers' deal. He is um, He's getting a $40 million roster bonus this year with just a $1.15 million base salary. 22, his salary is $59.465 million. They'll have to renegotiate that. 49.24 in 24 and 25 it dips down to a 15 million dollar base salary and in 26 it's 10 million dollars 22 and 23 are fully guaranteed 22 through 24 is injury guaranteed and there you go it's a team friendly deal for one year <laughs> and then after that what's it a three year 150 million dollar deal that includes two voidable years in 25 and 26. Well, so much for taking the contract to kind of help the team out. <laughs> his, but his new deal does, as I said, makes make things a little bit more cap friendly in 2022 because they converted it into a roster bonus. So we're in the midst of free agency. Is there is there one signing that you look at and you kind of wow so far that you really think makes a team better? I don't know about free agency signings. I'm still caught up in Denver swinging for the fences and trading for Russell Wilson. What about you? Free agency-wise, what's caught your attention? I mean, this is big news right here with with Rodgers. Yeah, the Rodgers deal coming out today I think is big news. I think the Cowboys committing $70 million to Randy Gregory this morning to keep him around was a bit of a surprise to me. I, I feel like every day that goes by without a massive move, everyone's like, what's wrong? Why is it so slow? But... You know, you went through a week where Aaron Rodgers agreed to stay with the Packers. Russell Wilson was then traded to Denver. Khalil Mack gets dealt to the Chargers. Amari Cooper gets traded to the Browns. You know, you had some big things that went down leading into the legal tampering period before. Oh, someone, why do they take the calendar off the wall for a Tuesday? Leading into the legal tampering, or excuse me, the actual start of the league year, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock, the 16th. So I, I'm just – I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by some of the numbers that have been thrown out there. Are, are, I shouldn't say thrown out there. 
the numbers that these wide receivers are getting. It's really resetting the wide receiver market. And if I'm and if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm over the moon excited right now. What are the Lions doing spending a bunch of money on a wide receiver? I don't know. What what the Lions are doing right now and what the Jaguars are doing, I'm here for it. I love it. It's it's kind of showing a commitment to, hey, we're gonna try to get better. But I also don't know if they're hitting the target with some of the guys they're going to get. I love Christian Kirk, and maybe he explodes as the number one option. But dude was a roller coaster and has been throughout his career. I don't I don't get it. I'm fine with a couple teams sitting out on Christian Kirk. And I'd almost rather try to draft one of these receivers in a wide receiver rich draft than spend a bunch of money on DJ Shark um, or Christian Kirk right now. Completely like agree. It's like I I'll take my chances on a Jameson Williams than that. Um Raiders are reworking contracts all over the place. So it makes you wonder if something's going on there. Or yeah, because there's big there was that that was fake, by the way, that I sent you yesterday. I fell for a fake account on Tyron Matthew to the Raiders. Though it's being talked about apparently quite a bit. Any anytime you've got one of those reporters with quotations here that has like 350 followers beware right I will say this at 1035 before we break and get back to some some sooner basketball the Deshaun Watson situation is hands down the most fascinating story going on right now in the NFL what is going to be the reaction to in the city to the team that gets him it I mean, is it because I fake see a, outrage? Right, they'll be thrilled yeah. to get Deshaun Watson. They'll be a big. It'll get treated like it's a big PR hit, but really, it's not. Ooh, we got ourselves a good old fashioned Vegas drama too. That's playing out. There's a report that a, a big time better had inside information that Tom Brady was coming back, so placed massive bets on the Buccaneers with their big. I think they had updated him like to 70 to 1 after Brady had retired to make the Super Bowl or something, and he made a bunch of big bets on it. And well, <laughs> and his MVP odds were still, I think it's Caesars, 45 to 1, even in retirement. And those have dropped all the way down to, I think, 10 to 1 odds to win the MVP. Can you imagine if you had a healthy wager on Tom Brady to win most valuable player at 45 to 1? Oh, gosh. You could set your retirement, essentially, in a lot now, of ways. I mean, that's that's probably more difficult for Brady to win that individual award than even to say, hey, Tampa's going to win another Super Bowl. In some respects, right? I, I think. Yeah, but oh, absolutely. 45 to 1 odds sound pretty good when everybody else now is getting it for 10 to 1. <laughs> exactly. All right, we got a break. It is uh, 10.36 right here on the Plank Show. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We're we're due break, and when we come back, we have to get involved uh, in in the NIT tonight. Porter Moser is on with Toby Rowland. We'll tell you everything he had to say next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. I saw we had a handful of Air Comfort Selech <clears throat> Air Comfort Solutions texts. You want to hit them in the next segment? Let's. Yeah, we've got a bunch of uh, catch up. To do over we, there. Uh, and I will, there is TV this weekend. There is TV this weekend for the OU game. It's Sooner Sports TV. So 
I'll have a couple cameras out there. Nice. Good. That's good I, news. I, unless I understand all the smart-ass comments. Oh, the camera phone shots are <laughs> better than the shot you had there, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, you, you do know that the shot that everyone's seeing is, is Grant Wade and his very professional camera. So, I mean, you can be a smart elk about it, and I get one dude that, like, hits me every single time. There was just no other option that we had except for to be able to take one camera and do whatever we could to make sure that it's televised. It's just it's the reality of the time, what Hawaii has available, what most of these schools still don't have available. I mean, I, I just I don't know what else to tell you except the alternative is the alternative is nothing. Basically, the message here is be grateful. Be grateful, people. It's continuing to grow. You know, we're still in a sport and it's right or wrong. We're still in a sport that, you know, doesn't have that regular slot on ESPN until, you know, we start getting towards the postseason. And it won't for a while, but it's it's getting there, man. I'm telling you, this thing is a rocket ship about not only about to take off, I think in the midst of takeoff. And as long as you're not a-holes about it, I think people are going to want to do more. When you're an a-hole about things, it's kind of like, well, bleep you then, buddy <laughs> or sister. Whatever it might be. Cousin? Everyone's a cousin in Hawaii is one thing that I learned as well. But, yeah, I'm, this team deserves, and I've said this every time, for all of you that are like, oh, Plank, Plank sucks, play by play. Yes, this team deserves Vin Scully. It does. This team deserves a, a broadcast with 4K cameras on 12 different spots on the field. It, it does, and it should. But it's, it's just not the reality of what places we go like Hawaii and – we're at Houston. It's just not the reality of what they have and make available to us. Yeah, we'll let you um we'll let you um use our cameras for the game. That'll be ten thousand dollars. What? <laughs> you know, it's just things like that happen. But one time whenever I did ten thousand dollars. I, I just I, I mean I think it was like five. So I doubled it up for a dramatic effect. Whenever I was doing a radio game, I was the play by play guy for Jinx back in like 99 or 2000, and I will not name the school, but we did a game at a school that doesn't get a lot of radio broadcasts, and as I was setting up, as I went to set up in the booth, I, hey, because back in the day, you needed phone lines. I was like, where's, where's your phone line at? Where, where's this? Where's that? And he's like, well, did anyone tell you about you know the fee to broadcast our games? I'm like, well, no, I'm, I'm not made aware of it. And I started to pull out my wallet, and he's like, yeah, it's, it's $1,000 to do a radio broadcast of our game. And I was like, <laughs> I did the whole Clark Griswold where I put the money back in my wallet. And I'm like, sir, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't have $1,000 I can give you right now. I mean, if this is extortion, then let's go. Um, then, wh- then I'm going to pack my stuff up, and we won't call the game, and you can deal with the repercussions. And he's like, no, 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 that's fine. I'll, I'll talk to the Jinx people, and we'll get it worked out. But it's $1,000 for you to broadcast our game. And this was like 2000, and I didn't. I was a noob, man. I had no idea. I was 25 years old, scared to death. I was sweating, and I was like, well, "Let me go talk." He's like, "You don't have to talk to anyone." He's like, "I'll get it taken care of." Coming to find out, there never was a thousand dollars, right? So I, I, again, you go to some of these places, and they just they don't. Oklahoma's coming, and maybe it's an opportunity for them to make a little extra money. Hawaii, Hawaii just didn't. I don't think they have the resources in order to to do it, but. We're, it's it's the best we can do, man. It's the best. It's well, take another camera. Again, that sounds easy enough. We we'll just take another camera and set it up. 
It's not that easy. Then how do you switch between the two cameras? You know, it's just not as easy as turning one on and then the other one on. Yeah, you got to run a long, yeah. long cable, cable all the that's way why, back. That's why there's a lot of money that goes into putting on these major sporting events. So they don't look like that. Right? You, you want them to look professional and high grade. And, well, travel another person. Oh, really? Do you know how expensive it is to travel out to Hawaii or some of these other? It's just, it's, it sounds easy. It's not. And as someone who has spent their whole life saying, well, get it done, I can tell you, I've been on the on the cusp of wanting to get more done, and it's just not the real. I've, I've taken our own laptops to make it possible. Yeah, logistically, there's definite expenses involved. If if you're trying to provide that type of quality, you, you're you going to have to invest in it. All right, um, and it's tough. So anyway, I, just to kind of save that, dude, you had really, 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 really sharp, smart people there, and we we did the best we could. Meanwhile, Josh Helmer, Porter Moser was on with Toby Rowland on the T-Row in the morning show and was asked about not getting in and the frustration, but then a very important follow-up was everyone on board with playing in the NIT because there's been questions in the past, right? Hey, got the NIT bid. Are, are you, are you going to get in? Or is everyone going to be on board? Is everyone fired up about this? Here's what Porter Moser said about not getting in and then the reaction from the team of, hey, is everyone on board with playing in the NIT? Everybody's all on board. I mean, I, I can't tell you that when we left the locker room that everybody was jumping high-fiving. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't yeah. tell you that. It was, it, was, it was a moment to grieve. It was a moment to, you know, uh, beat. And, and I told them we got to get past that. But I will tell you this. I also want them to compartmentalize that. I, I, you know, I want to outwardly forget about it. You know, let's, let's move forward. And all that. But I want to compartmentalize that. I, 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 mean, I am. I'm going to have that, that feeling in my gut when I recruit. I'm going to have the feeling in my gut when, I, when I'm on the court coaching and doing skill development this offseason, when I'm you know, coaching and when I'm leading and what the words I say to them and inspire them. I mean, I, I'm going to compartmentalize that and put that in, the, put that in, my, in my bank. Um, but, man, tonight I know how good Missouri State is. I'm very familiar with this team, um, and, and I know what we've got to play for. Let's go, let's go win in advance, and that is going to also establish our future culture. Getting in tournaments, winning, advancing that mentality. So, in other words, more than anything else, Josh, this is a team that's bought in. And we'll see more tonight, but I am I, I'm intrigued to kind of see how this plays out. Coach Moser told a really good story yesterday, too. I, I've, maybe you call it a story. Maybe you just say it's part of his background. But that Loyola team – that wound up making it to the Final Four. Okay, well, his first season there, they hadn't been in any postseason tournament right. in 30-some years, right? Okay, they got into the CBI. Right, you, you say, eh, CBI, that's, that's... Hey, Tulsa fans know that CBI banner hangs with pride, baby. It's, whew, that's not the NCAA tournament, that's not the NIT, but for a program that hadn't been to any sort of tournament setting in 30-some years, that was where the building blocks began to get that foundation laid, right? You go to the CBI, and those freshmen on that CBI team were the seniors that went to the Final Four. Okay, different ballparks that Oklahoma and Loyola historically are playing in, but when you think about OU, you hope, right, that this NIT bid, how they approach it, the way that they play in this tournament, this can be that foundation piece for what Oklahoma in the future under Moser in this era looks like. I agree. 
So I've got more from that coming up in the top five stories of the day. All right, when we come back, let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions at text line 405-651-3439. Plus, we're always active on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. We're kind of recapping for me a full Monday <laughs> and and diving into the weekend that was as well. But a lot to get to in the top five stories of the day coming up, but your texts are next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. All right, let's hit some of these, Josh. Where do you want to start? Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Would it have done Oklahoma any good to decline the NIT invitation in a way of saying, you screwed us for not putting us in the dance. We're not accepting your NIT invite. Just curious. I, I don't know if you're making a statement by saying how dare you and then not playing. I think your bigger statement is saying how dare you and going out and proving them wrong. I, I get what you're saying, right? And I liked – that's kind of what Porter Moser said. You know, hey, grieve, be upset, be mad, but I, I don't I don't think you're doing a, a service by saying, yeah, well, we're not playing, take that. Your better chance to make noise is to is to show up and just win the whole bleeping thing, in my opinion. How many other bubble teams played five games against number one seeds? <laughs> Not a one. None? <laughs> Not a single one. Not a single one. Um, not even close. Not even close. I, I did want to respond to that. The, the camera shot that someone recorded from their phone was better than SoonerVision. No, it wasn't, you smart ass. It wasn't. It just was not. I told you what we're trying to do and what we had to do. You can be a jerk about it and complain the whole time, or you you can sit back and understand that we're doing everything we possibly can to make it as – I mean, Patrick – I don't think Patrick Dunn would mind me saying this. He doesn't know anything about setting up a camera, and we had to do it on a road trip to Arizona because Arizona was like, yeah, you can't use our stuff during your games. It's just – that's the reality of it sorry not sorry for working hard and trying to do the best job we can but if you want to be a um, a jerk about it that's fine I don't care um, say what you want to say if jo- if Jossie hits five more is it true that she will be the, have the most home runs of any college player baseball included yes we said that on this show Pete Cavillia holds the record at 101 for for baseball and I don't know I don't know. It is kind of tough to see what the reaction will be to that. I'm sure they'll be. Did you see the the baseball guy that got absolutely just? Or I don't even know if he's a baseball guy or if he was just a troll that was trying to talk about softball. They give him a bigger. Yeah, ball. Travis Davidson just eviscerated him. Yeah, bless his heart. I had like five tweets going to eviscerate that guy too, but I kind of thought that was the attention he wanted, so I didn't. Yeah, here's the attention you ordered, but no thanks, not giving it to you. Plank, we can tell you've been softballing. You just called Josh Jossie. Did I? Did I call you? I think I started to and caught myself, I think is what happened. Yeah, you said Joss. Joss. <laughs> Jossie's awesome. Which, so hey, is Josh. I take that as Keep coming. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions. Text 405-651-3439. It's the best way to get in and be a part of the show. And now that I can see him. 
when you're smart, Alec, I can get your number and spam the heck out of you. I can sign you up for all of the car warranty phone calls. All right, uh, when we come back, top five stories today next. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, The Ref, Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would wake up at the crack of dawn just for a chance at the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are you waiting for? Pacifico is brewed for those who follow their own path. That's Living Life Anchors Up. If you're selling your home, don't list with the MLS. That system made sense 25 years ago when people were still using a phone book. The best way to sell your home today is by using fsbohomes.com. Most homes on fsbohomes.com sell faster than the market average for more than the appraised value and without an agent on the listing or buying side, saving you up to 6% of your home's price in needless commissions. So don't waste all your money on agents. Sell your home using fsbohomes.com. Want to join a bracket challenge with a chance to win a brand new 55-inch smart TV? Well, you want to join the Ref's Bracket Challenge. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? Just visit KREF.com. Click the Bracket Challenge banner on our homepage. Log into your ESPN.com account. Join the group, the Ref Bracket Challenge. Enter the group password, the-ref, and then fill out your bracket. Done and done. The Ref's 2022 Bracket Challenge is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. Elite Roofing Systems is locally owned and operated, serving all of Oklahoma's roofing needs in the greater Oklahoma City and Tulsa area since 2010. When storms take a toll on your roof this spring, Make the elite choice with Elite Roofing Systems. Visit EliteRoofOK.com for more information. Make the right call. Join the Ref's Bracket Challenge by March 17th before the game's tip-off. And you'll have a chance to win a 55-inch smart TV, courtesy of Elite Roofing Systems. Buffalo Wild Wings win-win value lineup gives you and your friends more for less. With buy one, get one half off traditional wings every Tuesday. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday. And $3 tolls every day. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. What is a good neighbor? It's someone nearby who helps make your life a little easier. I'm State Farm Agent Julia Chu, and my team and I take time to understand your insurance and financial needs. So whether you're preparing for retirement or in need of auto, home, life, or business insurance, get the kind of help you'd expect from a good neighbor. Visit the Julia Chu Agency or call 329-3311. Come visit at our new location, 701 Wall Street, Norman. There is no such thing as a traditional life. Therefore, there should be no such thing as a traditional funeral. The staff at Primrose is able to help you plan all aspects of a celebration of your life. From food and beverage to special music and even setting up dad's railroad collection, the staff was there to think of every detail. I encourage you to call today and let the professionals at Primrose help you and your family. Call 321-6000. Dude, I cannot get away from it. It's it's back on another channel. I mean, is it the only show that ESPN has? Pretty much. My gosh. Every channel I turn it to, somehow First Take has ended up on it this morning. It's unbelievable. Okay, um, let's, let's get after it. I, I kind of beat around the bush sometimes to start the final hour of the show. 
But let's go. Let's hit the top five stories of the day. By the way, hour three in the top five stories of the day, as always, um, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Pumped to have former Sooner Josh Tucker and the crew over at Roof Tech involved with the program. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh for all of your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. That's 703-4245. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right. Um, big story number five. Number five. So we've had some madness in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers, new contract, $150 million over the next three years, and the first two years are fully guaranteed. But it's another quarterback that's drawing the news as of 11.04 a.m., Josh, and that is one Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun Watson, if you've listened to this time slot. The Atlanta Falcons have emerged as a sleeper to potentially acquire Deshaun Watson. The Panthers, Saints, and Browns have been the teams most mentioned to add Deshaun Watson. Boy, if Baker moves on from the Browns, do you know how quickly we're dropping the Browns radio network here on the ref? It'd be like that. Um, that was cool. We both snapped our fingers same at time. the same time. Well, we knew TJ's got the cancellation thing on the fax machine ready to go like now. Seahawks, I don't know why they're not being mentioned more. I, I, I think they're a sleeper in this I think, sweepstakes. By the way, Atlanta is one of those spots where you see it and you kind of laugh a little bit, but then you're like, eh. Arthur Smith kind of rebuilt the roster a bit last year. Kyle Pitts, even though I didn't realize Pitts only had one touchdown catch last year. But Kyle Pitts, they've got a young receiver group, a veteran offensive line. Okay, let's see. Another draft coming up? Uh, well, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, I would assume they've got to trade that pick. Yeah, first round and maybe something else. Which, let me see here. Um, according to tankathon.com, where are the Falcons? They're the eighth pick in the first round. So that means the Texans, if they made that deal, would have the third and the eighth pick in this year's draft. And I don't know how close the Falcons would be to winning the South. But might be a pretty good pick again that next year. Yeah, they're still a ways away from Tampa. Interesting. Deshaun Watson in Atlanta. Panthers, Saints, and Browns are the teams considered to be interested. You mentioned the Seahawks. I know they've been talked about quite a bit. I, this is a delicate balance, too, because he he can he controls a lot. He can say, yeah, I'm not going to go there. And then you got to work to find somewhere else. It's just got to be a mess. What a mess for Houston right now. The J.C. Jackson contract blew me away. The former Patriot, five years, $82.5 million deal. Boy, the Chargers are not messing around defensively right now. Or at least they're swinging for the fences. You had you got Mack and Bosa on the edges. You got K-9. They got another really good linebacker. Derwin James, when he, he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. And now you had J.C. Jackson. Pretty solid defense. Now can they protect Justin Herbert will be the big question offensively. Yeah, they have certainly upgraded themselves quite a bit. The AFC West is it's turned into maybe the most fascinating division in football. And I'm sitting here with a stick poking the Raiders, hoping that they would do something. Let's go do something here. Andrew Whitworth officially retired moments ago. Uh, Malik Collins just signed back with the Texans. He was 
terrible with the Raiders the one year he was there. And um, James Daniels, the offensive lineman from the Bears, just signed with the Steelers. Speaking of the Steelers, I guess this happened after the show yesterday. Mitch Trubisky as the next quarterback in Pittsburgh? Are you in? No, I'm not in at all. I hate it. But in regards to the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, you thought that Pittsburgh would be one of the teams potentially in play there. Now, you don't. I still think Pittsburgh could draft a quarterback here. I do. I don't – I like Mitch Trubisky, but I also watched Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, and everyone's was like, gosh, did you see his record as a starter? That was when they had a really good roster. You know, they when they got Khalil Mack in his prime, that Danny Trevathan, that was a really good linebacker. Um, the only thing they really seemed to lack was a running back, and then they – I keep wanting to say Brees Hall, but it was David Montgomery that they went and got and did a nice job. They had talented receiver and tight end and a good offensive line. They had a good football team. They had no business not making a run in the playoffs. They had no business losing to the Eagles. So when everyone's like, yeah, but look at Mitch's record as a starter, he was on a good football team with the Bears. He was the problem. So we'll see. It's amazing how sitting out for a year suddenly, or at least being a backup for a year, suddenly makes a guy more valuable. Marcus Mariota's stuff, right? Dude, the Raiders should move on from Carr and make Mariota their starter. There's a problem. He can't stay healthy. He can't. For a franchise that does a lot of things right and historically has made a habit of doing a lot of things right, the Mitch Trubisky move by Pittsburgh I find very perplexing. In the last hour, I agree. Here's the deals that have just been made in the last hour. Uh, the Steelers, as I mentioned, re-signed their offensive lineman James Daniels. Connor Williams is leaving the Cowboys for Miami. Randy Gregory is re-signing in Dallas. The Lions have signed defensive end Charles Harris. And J.C. Tedder has been cut by the Browns while we have learned that the Atlanta Falcons are kind of a surprise suitor right now for one Deshaun Watson. Anything from yesterday? When it first broke, I mean, the, the Jaguars on a spending spree. They go and they get what some people consider the top receiver in the market in Christian Kirk. They get the top offensive lineman that some consider on the market right now. Um, I don't know. I just – I was kind of surprised. Oh, and they cut Miles Jack? Oh, my gosh. Miles Jack on the open market is a fascinating name. But anyone that really kind of caught your eye? I guess Baker then is on the trade block. If they're talking about making a move for Deshaun Watson, wouldn't Baker have to be a part of that deal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd imagine. So you're not going to have him on the final year of his deal and just get nothing out of somebody that you drafted with the number one overall pick. And yet, you kind of then stop and think about Baker at a place like Indy, who has more cap space than anyone in football right now. They don't have a quarterback, and they haven't done anything. Not a thing. Except trade Wentz away. They traded Carson Wentz away, right? Um, all right, so some NFL stuff gets us to big story number four. Number four. We worried about the gambling influence on the National Football League. We saw Calvin Ridley get suspended for a year last Monday. And now there's this. Boy, Christian Kirk, I, every time I see that number, four years, $84 million. It's a lot that's, of cash. That's a lot of cash for a guy that's been a number two or three receiver. Just go, hey, go get your money, man. Um, according to a report from the Las Vegas Review Journal, 
Westgate Superbook Vice President Jay Carnegie believes that significant bets placed on the Buccaneers last week arose from inside information that Brady would be unretiring. Jay Cornegay, who actually used to be a regular on the buzz in Tulsa, DK, man, that was his guy, wants the NFL to look into it. A sharp better placed a large bet on Thursday for the Buccaneers to win the NFC at 30-1 to and the Super Bowl at 60-1. to After the Tampa Bay odds to win the Super Bowl were dropped to 30, uh, 25 to 1, the same better bet on the Bucks again. I mean, what's the what's the NFL going to do about it? What can they do about it? Um, the South Point Sportsbook had a similar experience on Thursday when someone placed big money on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl at fifty to one, at thirty one, and at twenty five to one. The NFL issued a no comment to the Review Journal, but this isn't something that can be ignored, according to Mike Florio. For the first time, a major sports book is openly accusing someone of securing and acting on the unreported news that Brady is coming back. But again, I mean, still, it's when we're talking about a large wager, it's got to be pretty big for Jay Carnegie to be like, hey, you need to do something about this. Yeah, right? we're talking millions. It has to be, or at least high six figures. But gambling is going to be a major story in the National Football League. It is not going anywhere with this. All right, big story number three. Number three. We've had a we've had a chance to kind of get our nine hundred feet, our elevated look at the bracket. Josh, when you just kind of take a glance at it, your opinion. Is the East the most difficult bracket? No. I, I think Ooh. it's the West. The the West, to me, is the most difficult with Gonzaga, Duke, Texas Tech. And I think Arkansas is capable of giving Gonzaga a scare if things go according to plan in the Sweet 16. Agreed. I'll tell you something else. I think as I start looking at potential 8-9 matchups, to me, the scariest one out there is Gonzaga versus Memphis. Right. Memphis is playing really well, really well. Has beaten Houston a couple of times, actually. They're big. They can get physical with you. I'm t- of, and again, I don't want to try to get too caught up in an eight or nine, but of all the eight nine matchups, there's three teams that I could see beating a one in the eight nine matchups. North Carolina's the other one for yeah, you. That's right, absolutely. And then San Diego State, I could see beating Kansas. I could. I don't put much on Seton Hall and TCU, but maybe that's unfair because I haven't had much on TCU all season long. Yeah, well, you've been sitting here doing this show with me, and I keep telling you they stink. They, they're they terrible. But the East I find to be the most fascinating, maybe the most difficult, because you know Texas gets that tough draw with Va Tech. Purdue is there. Purdue could be a Final Four team. Um, Kentucky is on a is on a heater right now. People don't know much about St. Mary's because they haven't seen them, but they could easily eliminate a UCLA team that has finally realized their best player isn't Johnny Juzang. It is it is fascinating right now what I think is going on in the East. Meanwhile, um, it, the toughest one-seed draw m- might be Gonzaga, which is wild because, as you just brought up, they get Memphis potentially in the second round. UConn is in that bracket. Arkansas is in that bracket. I mean, it's... 
It's wild. Bottom half of the bracket's really, really good, too. Texas Tech is – you start thinking about the the three seeds in this tournament. Texas Tech's every bit as good as Purdue. Uh, I think they're every bit as good as Tennessee. And I think they're – I think they're – to me, they're quite a bit better than Wisconsin. Sure. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. you got Duke. You got Duke, who has Ben Caro, who might be the best player in this tournament. You know, the, there's a wild storyline in that Michigan State-Davidson game that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with that I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched Michigan State basketball all season long. But the star for Davidson is Foster Lawyer. He was a team captain for Michigan State last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but he wasn't like a star. That's that's crazy and that so they he, match those two up. Yeah, so he transfers to Davidson, and they play – in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't I don't think that there is any way that Tom Izzo is going to allow Foster Lawyer to beat him. But let's say Michigan State moves on and they play Duke in the second round. Tom Izzo is 3 and 12 against Duke in his career. 3 and 12. That's crazy to me. I thought that it would at least be 600. But Izzo's only won three of their 15 matchups against Duke. Man, and, you know, on this Coach K farewell tour, don't you just need kind of that love fest between Izzo and sure. Coach K and how great they both are? Sure. There's just, you know, wow, what pillars of the sport. Stylistically, there's some interesting matchups too, right, where, where you could potentially see Purdue. Well, if Purdue and Texas play each other, then it's very similar stylistically. But Purdue and Vautech. If they play each other, Vatek just gets out and goes and Purdue slows you down, plays that Big Ten style. I mean, Illinois and Houston could play in the second round. I'm oddly intrigued in the Murray State-San Francisco game. I talked about this yesterday. Murray State's won 30 games. San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference. That has – I mean, this is one of the best years ever for that league. I hate that it's two mid-majors matching up. Like, that part of it I don't like, but I think that's one of the most interesting games in round one. I agree. I agree. Um, this the show that I did last night, we had Lucas Harkins on, and he was really good. I'm going to try to get him on the show maybe tomorrow or Thursday. But he, uh, he has Iowa in his Final Four. And it – Red I, hot after – Winning the Big Ten tournament. I had to go back and do some work. I didn't I didn't know much about Iowa. It's one of those teams that I hadn't really seen a lot this season. It's fascinating. There's always a team, though, that gets hot late in the season and then lays an egg in the tournament, right? And, and it might be Iowa. And it might be. There's always a team that you see and you watch the week before, and they win either, either their conference tournament or they win something. You're like, oh, my gosh, this team is rolling. And then the next thing you know, they just stink. And guess what? There's always the total opposite, too. Right. Someone that you you sell the house on, it's, man, this, this team's totally, totally stunk the last three weeks. They're falling apart. No way they get this together in the NCAA tournament. And then all of a sudden you look up, and that's a team in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Yeah, I agree. Which, you know, thinking about the Big 12 tournament – that team might be Baylor if they're healthy. Mm. All right, big story. Number two. Number two. OU softball is back home now. Um, I, I don't have time for it here, but when we come back, I'm I'm going to dive in to what Coach Casso said in our pregame interview on Saturday. 
It's only aired once, but it's fantastic on Jossie and the reaction and Coach's perspective. I think we've heard from Jossie, and she did her post-game Zoom, and that was awesome. But we really haven't heard from Coach, so we'll we'll bring you that when we come back. Sooner softball back, quote-unquote, home this weekend. Oklahoma City, it's going to be fun as OU squares off. And I've heard ticket sales have been incredible for this weekend for the Hall of Fame I think they're calling it the Hall of Fame Classic, yeah. OU and Sam Houston on Friday at 4, Indiana Friday night at 6.30, and then a doubleheader Saturday, 1.30. Shay Knighton is the hitting coach for San Diego. Her sister MJ is the head coach. That's at 1.30. We've seen Houston already this uh, this season. They play them at 6.30 in Iowa. Um, not great this year, but having a better season. Sooners get them at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. We'll hear from Patty Gasso after the break, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So tonight, Oklahoma, Missouri State in the NIT. Here's what Porter Moser had to say about what we expect from Missouri State. Littering and littering and littering and. I mean, they're really good. I mean, we got rewarded with the the eight seed being the number two team in the top ten conference in the country. I mean, Missouri State haven't been in the Missouri Valley with me. Dana Ford, the coach, is a former player of mine, and uh, at Illinois State and. Um, I've played them. I mean, Isaiah Mosley's a pro prospect. He's got a lot of people come tonight to watch. He's, he's 20 a game, 50% shooting. I mean, he really, really can score. Um, he dropped 40 on my ex-Loyola Rambler team. Um, Gage Prim is a really hard scout. He's, you're gonna, he's, a, he's a bull inside. He's, there are multiple first-team all-league players. Gage Prim averaged 16. He's, a, he's an elite passer, but he's an elite scorer inside. So you've got to make that decision. You're going to double him or you're going to live with him going one-on-one against your post. Um, two, two high, high level. And then they got shooters. They're very, they're very good. They've won 23 games. Um, but we've, we've got to really control that three-point line. Mosley, Manette, and, and Jamonte Black really, really can shoot it. There you go. There's your quick scout from Porter Moser, 6 o'clock with the first pick. With the opening tip between Oklahoma, six o'clock, and Missouri first pitch State. tonight between OU and Missouri State. All right, quick break. When we come back, what did Patty Gasso have to say after Jocelyn broke the record? You'll hear from her right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. I uh, the, t- Twitter is such a fascinating place to me. Um, How so? So I tweeted last night the 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 slow motion video where you see Jossie hit it and everyone goes crazy. And I'd kind of mentioned a few people that I saw in the background. Right, I didn't notice uh, the fist pumps from Jake Scroggins, the one of my guys and the equipment dude, and I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't find Dane's Twitter, but Dane popping out of the dugout with two-hand fist pump and see Jackie and Allison Fanning pointing out Coach flipping the lineup card, or not the lineup card, her, her call sheet, and then the, the celebration in the air. It was great. It was Everything about it was just awesome. A Grace Lyons and the sprint down third base, the Sid smile. It was, everything was great about it. And, and here, here's like the dichotomy of the reaction, right? Sharon writes, it was pretty incredible in person. Her dad was high-fiving everyone, I mean everyone, and pacing along the fence behind OU. And to see her, Ohana, just cheering so loudly with the entire crowd. It was great. Um, 
her dad came up and was hugging everyone. You just it was a relief to get it done, I think. Right? And that's not a knock. It's just I think she was three for three in the game too. She was hitting the ball hard. Just the reality of the right. situation. Yeah, and, and then then of course there is always the I'm too good for this guy, John. Lots of Z's. Women overreaction. Excessive emotionalism. Tone it down. It's just a ball and bat game. Sheesh. So he got crushed, right? Well, I'm contemplating. He's got like two followers. So I'm trying to figure out if I give him the attention that he's wanting here. No. And retweet it or if I just let it go. Because, I mean, that's up to you if if y'all want to search my mentions and find it. Uh, what an idiot. I just – I don't – dudes lose their minds when guys break. It's not a male-female thing. No. It was a record breaker, yeah. people. Sexist, stupid comment. By the way, Tom, you're right. I did come close to uh, to call, to using a word that I don't like to use. I mean, it's a person's name. It's short for Richard, but I just think some people are – I think some people are get very much in their feels about coverage, and I understand that. Yeah, you did get very close to using that word, and it was hilarious. We got um, baseball today, too. I-, I failed to mention that in the top five stories of the day. Should be really big story number one right up there with, with basketball. Four o'clock today against Air Force, and then two o'clock tomorrow. Looks like the weather's going to be great for both games. And then the Sooners are back home this weekend for a three-game set against New Orleans. So nice nice homestand. They came off the sweep over UTSA, winning 10-5, 8-3, and then 9-5. So they're on a nice little heater here, having won four straight games with Air Force today. And did I see that correctly, that Air Force flew in on Air Force 2? Did, did Toby say that, TJ? I didn't believe it at first, but that's pretty awesome, to be honest with you. It's great. Are you kidding me? Now, speaking of flying, some teams were having problems. Colorado State didn't find out when they were flying to their site until this morning. Well, yeah, they were trying to figure out their travel plans <laughs> from the NCAA. And the NCAA's point was, yeah, well, you know, it, we just don't have pilots available. Tennessee was like, never mind, we got this. Don't you worry about it. We've got this. <laughs> and Tennessee took care of it themselves. Yeah, they were like, we'll charter our Michigan own. was like, hey, we're just going to bust. Don't worry about it. And like some teams were like, listen, NCAA, this has never been a problem before. Suddenly it's a problem. And I get it. Can I, can I just make a quick little note? Flying right now sucks. It sucks. The flight attendants are a-holes. Um, really? They're, they're probably overworked, which I get. The, the schedules, if they're not too tight, they're too loose. Flights are canceled left and right because they're not. It's just, it's, it sucks to fly right now. And everything is overpriced. Everything. You would think that in some ways they might look at it and say, we have a flawed business model because it costs enough to fly, and then we gouge you for every penny we possibly can. Oh, you want to fly with a second bag? That's $80, sir. Well, I'll carry it on. Well, then you carry on to save money, and you're taking all the storage. I mean, it's just, it sucks, dude. Um, So I completely understand where someone might say, hey, we'll go ahead and we'll just drive. (laughs) We'll get there driving. But And that's a grand undertaking to – Send that many teams, but I mean, oh, come on. This I get is, it. This but is it's, your big event of the year. It's not like it snuck up on you. You've known. <laughs> As we've learned, though, a lot of things find their ways to sneaking up on these big organizations. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, one thing uh, didn't sneak up on us, uh, 96 for Jocelyn Allo. I talked to Patty Gasso the morning after the game. 
Uh, here's what Coach had to say. I don't know, a 96, pretty special moment here, wasn't it? It was, man. I will remember this and cherish this forever. Just, I think uh, just God had his hands on how this all played out. The fact that it's happening here on this field where she won state championships and friend of her family when her family can't all get to the mainland. And I mean, everything about it was just a storybook and uh, it's very special. The last time she played on this field, she had four at bats and saw 16 pitches. They walked her. So it was <laughs> it was kind of nice to see that. And then just to, you know, see the, the class from Hawaii. I know we're, we're squaring off against them today, but just everything about this was um, I thought it was pretty cool. It was. I, I uh, Coach Coolen, just the gesture that he had and just understanding what this is about. And that was a little bit of the frustration was, do you understand that we're still playing a game? Do you understand that, you know, if you're up 8-0 and you're intentionally walking Jocelyn Allo, to me, you just don't understand what's going on. Like what the message that we're sending, you know, it, what was the coolest part too, Plank, was after the pitcher got pulled, the entire stadium, including our team, was standing and giving her a standing ovation for, and it's to him for allowing her to pitch. You know, they, you can get Jocelyn Allo out. She doesn't come up and hit a home run every at bat. And uh, so I appreciate playing to win and allowing your pitcher to try to win a big at bat and a big battle than saying we don't want this to we don't want our program to be known for that no one's going to remember mm. no one no one's going to remember that coach Schumer, i'll let you get out of here first I, this might be a weird way to phrase it so slap me around if it is but is it almost a relief now going forward with this in the rear view <laughs> i'm not going to slap you you're exactly 100 percent right it's, it's you know I don't want to change as a coach. So from a personal side, I am thinking, okay, I don't want to send this runner because I don't want to open up first. I don't want to send this runner because if we get thrown at it to home plate, Jossie's up next. I'm doing things like that that I shouldn't be doing. And I catch myself changing the way I'm coaching to try to help this situation. And I shouldn't be doing that. And so it helps me go back to where I need to be. It helps her to go back. It helps those that hit in front of her, those that hit behind her. That's um, one cool, really cool moment yesterday was just pulling. I, we were at 891, and I pulled Brito, um, Boone, and Grace Lyons and said, Look, this is it. This is it. This is it. Let's go. She's got one more bat. Everyone's doing your job. Find your way on. They execute. That's when we had like a burrito walk. We had a little run and hit, slap, beat that out. Grace hit one down the line, turned it into a double. Now we have runners at second and third. I'm like, you're killing my plan. I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, stop her at first. Um, but just to see how those guys answered the call, like we spoke it out loud. And, just the, and then boom. And it was just cool to see how they all said it and they all like we got that we're gonna do this it was it was cool i'll always remember that as well pretty cool pretty cool and i i think it was coach z who's really awesome i've i i had breakfast breakfast with her a couple times we were gonna go hike um and other things popped up but and she had she had tried to stop her at first 
then she takes off for a second. It's like, no, first base is open. What are we doing? Don't do that. They won't pitch to her. And they did. Um, but it, it was pretty cool, man. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was – and then you get home and you can't sleep because you're reliving everything. You're watching it and it's just – it was incredible, dude. And and it's also, you know, what one in the morning in your natural clock, you know, you're only there. It's not like I'm going for a month. You're there for five days, so you don't want to completely reset your internal clock. But Jossie's going to join us tomorrow on the show, so she'll talk about it. I'm pumped for that. It was cool. Glad they're home. Glad I'm home. <laughs> Glad we're all home. But one of those trips that you'll you'll never forget, and I hope for a lot of people, one of those moments that you'll never forget where you were whenever that either you saw the news or you popped on Sports Center or you were listening along with us on on Friday night. It was it was well worth it, I thought. And I think we all agree the weight just made it that much sweeter. I remember telling you before the season started, because I think you had said, Man, wouldn't it be cool? To see that record broken in Hawaii. And I think my thought all along was that record's going to be broken well before Hawaii. <laughs> and I was almost right. Almost right. But I'm glad I wasn't. Toby was right. But I'm glad I wasn't. T. Rose said, I think Hawaii's going to pitch to her. It's like, I don't think Hawaii's going to pitch to her. But then their coach came out in the local paper and pretty much said they were going to pitch to her. So. It worked out okay. I mean, Baylor pitched to her. The only team that didn't really pitch to her was the team I thought would, and that was Cal. And that was one of the softest things I've ever seen in my life. An 8-0 game with a runner at first, and you intentionally walk someone? What message are you sending your team? Yeah, no, it was weak. I'd like to defend them as setting the stage for Hawaii to be able to pitch to her, but we all know that wasn't what happened. It worked out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. But that doesn't mean that still wasn't one of the weakest things I've ever seen in sports history. All right, quick break. When we come back, news according to – this show is flying by today. News according to Josh is next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Did you see that uh, we were wrong on a report today? We were wrong. Danny Gray – Danny Gregory. Randy Gregory is not headed back to Dallas. Apparently, there was language in his contract that he didn't like, and at the last minute, he changed his mind and is signed to deal with the Denver Broncos. I don't like that. So that's a little a, a, a little breaking news here on the Plank Show at 11.43 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So what do you say? Let's get after it. Do a little news. Hour three, the Plank Show, as always, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, 703-4245. And it's news time. It's time for the news according to Josh. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48. All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel, and he's three years old. How about that? (laughs) That squirrel can water ski. And hopefully, it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer. All right, uh, start of the hour with our top five stories of the day. Uh, in it with little news, things we missed out on. Where do you want to start, Josh? Did you see our man Daryl Williams let go by the Buffalo Bills release? Yeah, and he had been a starter for them, so I 
I'm a little bit perplexed by that. A little bit perplexed, but let's go. I'll go. I'll take Daryl Williams in Vegas right now. Why not? I'd actually take them doing anything right now. Yeah, Daryl Williams is out there on the open market, and I guess if we're not talking about Daryl Williams on the open market, Josh, it's kind of what happens with Baker Mayfield, right? What's going to happen with Baker Mayfield? What's going to – does – Deshaun Watson play into what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. What's what's going to happen with all of those dominoes? It's it's fascinating to me. Do any of those dominoes involve the Raiders and Derek Carr? Do any of those dominoes involve Atlanta and Matt Ryan? Do any of those dominoes potentially involve Seattle? I don't know. Honestly, unless DK Metcalf is involved, what could Houston get from Seattle that doesn't pick well this year they they would have had a higher pick but they traded it to the Jets like what do they have that they could trade for him it would have to be a player heavy trade right if Seattle's making the deal yeah from that perspective they they don't have a whole lot to offer and look they're not going to part with DK Metcalf yeah absolutely don't I mean don't you think I mean there'd been rumors earlier but I don't yeah I, I think that's a, like here, the only redeeming quality they have right now here's what I think happens and this is not necessarily like a, a take on workshop and it's what I feel when a major trade is made like Denver trained Von Miller last year in the season and Russell Wilson getting moved everyone just assumes that a team is is oh they're gonna tank they're not gonna be any good and sometimes you might like that couldn't be farther from the truth. And I think that's what's happening with Seattle right now. I don't think they're wanting to tank. I don't think they're going to tank, Josh. I think that they're looking at a way in which they can continue to improve their roster. That's o- my opinion. Oklahoma, 4 o'clock today, getting after it. 2 p.m. tomorrow versus Air Force. It'll be Braden Carmichael versus Air Force this afternoon. Braden Carmichael is awesome. I'm excited about watching him throw today. And we'll have it for you locally on AM4. Right? I don't want to talk out my backside again. But yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Locally, we'll have it for you on AM1499.3 FM right here on the ref. Uh, ref locally. All right, where do you want to go next, Josh? Oklahoma, Missouri State. NIT opens up tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Mosley, 20 points per game, what he's averaging for Missouri State. That's not too shabby. 20.1 if you want to get super specific. Uh, who did he? Com- who did Coach Moser compare Mosley to? I think there was um, – oh, who's the star for Kansas State? And I just completely lost his name off the top Nigel of Nigel Pack? Yeah, he said he was like a cross between Pack and someone else. So that's a that's going to be a heck of a challenge for him here tonight. But I 6 o'clock, I don't know what the crowd's going to look like. We can just encourage you to get out and support Oklahoma. Uh, here's what Porter Moser had to say about – uh, Missouri. Well, actually, we play the Missouri State uh, cut, but not getting in and what the message was to the team. You know, the reaction is is what you probably would expect, and the reaction is probably the same as everybody listening. You know, you felt he just got punched in the gut. You know, and um, but you know what I said to the team was, you know, it, it's it's okay to grieve, it's okay to be pissed, it's okay to be mad. I mean, that when you when you invest in something in life so hard it's hard to give it up it's hard to not get what you want when you invest in it it's easy if you don't work very hard you don't invest in something and it doesn't happen for you you know but when you put so much into it and what i told these guys is you know the last four four weeks i mean i felt like we get i mean they've worked hard all year 
but like we've had adversity in terms of getting some losses, tough, tough losses. We go to Allen Fieldhouse and we lose by two. We the overtime against Texas and just some adversity. Then EJ went down. And, um, so I told him, I said, I asked you guys just to stay positive, stay with this, and go to the one game at a time. And over the last five games, we beat Oklahoma State, then West Virginia, then at Kansas State, then Baylor, and then had a one-point loss mm. against Texas Tech. That's our last five games. And I said, so there's, two, there's a choice. We can either you know, sit there and, and fold and pout or, and be mad at the committee, or we can prove the committee wrong. And I chose to, I told them, I go, take the time, grieve, let's get even mad. And then our coach affair, we came in yesterday, and we had a great practice, we had a great film. Our guys were like, let's prove the committee wrong. That, that's our choice. And I think it's a great lesson for life for them, too. You know, and we, there's a great quote about, you know, you don't got to do something. You get to do something. We get to still play. We get to do It's not the tournament we want to be in, but it's still for a, a championship. We still get to play, advance, prove people wrong. That, that didn't put us in there. And that's the way I'm choosing to lead, and that's the way I'm choosing to prepare, and that's how I'm choosing to coach tonight. There you go. Sorry, that was longer than I thought it was. Porter Moser tonight for Oklahoma, 6 o'clock against Missouri State. Pretty good. Get you fired up. Yeah, it does. Is that headline right? Y- yes. This was a quote from Brian Harson. Your thoughts? Uh, you tell me. Quote, I wouldn't say that anybody really wants to go through that, talking about the internal inquiry into his program. But at the same time, I also saw some things that were really, really positive. I saw support and some people coming out and just standing up and talking about Auburn and talking about the things that we're doing and know that we're moving in the right direction, end quote. Hmm. Yeah, he's so on the hot seat. He's so mad. I'd be so mad if I was him. How dare you try to fire me? Good on him. Not bitter yeah. about it. Not How dare you there. try to fire me, but – Meanwhile, I don't like their quarterback position, <laughs> and he better win this season or else he is going to get fired. Done, so done. All right. All right, Josh. One more segment left before Steely and Thune at noon take over. Anything else you were missing out on in the news? I don't think so. We, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers and the deal that he got. Yeah, man, a lot of money. And now we wait and kind of what see what happens with Tyron Matthew for your guys after you sign Justin Reed. Yeah, uh, safety position, heck of a high, heck of a, of a signing, man. I love that signing. Three years, thirty and a half mil, I think. Mm, Maybe thirty-one and a half. All right, quick break. We're back to wrap it up next in the Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, I've identified four upset possibilities, and it sucks. Because anymore, taking like a 10 over a 7 isn't even considered an upset, right? It's like, not upset. That happens all the time. But I think Loyola Chicago could get Ohio State in the first round. That's one upset I'm keeping an eye on. You know, uh, South Dakota State beating Providence, I and mean, that's only a two-point line spread right now. Yeah, I'm taking South Dakota State in that highest, game. Highest scoring team in college basketball. I don't know if you would consider an 11 over a 6 an upset, but I love Virginia Tech over Texas right now. I'm not jumping on the Vermont over Arkansas bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the Chattanooga over Illinois bandwagon, but everyone else seems to be. But I I am very much intrigued, Josh, by the possibility that Akron could scare UCLA. Yeah, UCLA's had kind of an up-and-down, disappointing season in spots. Yeah. so they're, they're certainly capable, UCLA is, 
if the right things happen for them to win that right. East region. But they're also, like you're saying, I mean, they're capable of losing to Akron or the next game versus either a St. Mary's, Wyoming, or Indiana. I mean, what, they, they made their run last year from essentially the first four, so I don't want to get too carried away here. One of the last teams in. What do you make of LSU? I don't know, first of all, if they're any good, but Iowa State was terrible down the stretch. And maybe it's just all setting up for a second-round loss to Wisconsin anyway, though Johnny Taylor hasn't been playing all that well and got dinged up. Do you – I mean, could it be a Steve Fisher-type thing? Because we know they have talent. right? We know LSU is loaded with talent, but they fire their coach. Now they got to go try to make a run. I mean, what – what do we make of that storyline? Yeah, you, you just never know. D- did they like their head coach? <laughs> right? I mean, who knows? This this might be better for LSU. After reading some of the allegations, I don't know how that dude kept his job for as long as he did. But you, he, he'll be a guy that'll end up getting a job again next year somewhere. Good coach. It's a definite distraction, though, for those guys. It's the question they're going to hear from everyone. How do you handle this? How do you handle this? How do you handle this? So I – when you see something like that befall LSU and knowing what Arizona has dealt with, is this an inevitability for Kansas, or will they continue to skate because they've stood behind their coach? It doesn't seem like anything's going to happen there. No, not at all. It feels like we've missed the window. Poor Bruce Weber and his hair. But, I mean, LSU just basically comes down before the tournament field's announced. Yeah, meanwhile, Kansas in the same bracket. Yeah. Crickets. It's like looking at him and laughing. All right, I've got full bracket thoughts tomorrow. Um, Josh has United 10. I'm in 10 to noon tomorrow. But we'll still have a full show. Jocelyn Allo slated to join us. Uh, and you guys, keep the tweets coming. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref at Plank Show. Stealing and Thune at noon or next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.